when you talk about pipeline, you know, like a sales pipeline, this is an, an analogy of sorts, but it's like you talk about a pipeline is made up of the quantity, what's in there, the quality, and then the velocity, right? And so velocity is a big piece because you can have a lot of stuff in there that just doesn't move or that doesn't have any, you know, action towards it or... Decisions with Chorus. I'm Drew Chambers, VP of Marketing with Chorus. Uh, very excited today. I'm joined by uh, my good friend Chris Schwalbach, the uh, founder of AVL Growth Partners, um, an outsourced CFO organization uh, based out of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, Chris, thanks for thanks for joining the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, and I'll call you. I'll call you Chris and not Schwally on on the on the show. We'll keep it very professional for okay, you. That's, but, that's uh, <laughs> okay. I, I understand. I understand. Uh, well, so so Chris, why don't why don't you give us just a quick uh, a quick background, a, a quick rundown how you came to AVL and 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 uh, you know what what drove the idea and and all that good stuff. Um. Well, you know, <clears throat> I was a CFO for a number of tech companies before founding AVL, and I think. A couple of things came together at the same time. One is um, when I left my last uh, job, you know, I kind of was like looking at kind of the experiences that I had at that, you know, at that CFO role in kind of writing out what I was, you know, what I had been doing. And interestingly, you know, a lot of my, you know, my role was, um, you know, leading software development, leading sales and, and not just the CFO stuff because there just wasn't a lot of CFO hours, um, going on. It was just, it was a small enough company and we we're still growing and, and, um, and, and grow, you know, growing out of the initial kind of first revenues of sort of, of sorts. And, um, and it was just like, God, it's just inefficient use of my time. Like I, I shouldn't have been doing that. The other things I should have been doing, you know, finance and kind of really made me think about, why wasn't there a better professional service to hire? Like, you know, what now is called fractional CFOs and fractional teams, which is what the company really needed. And then, you know, it's just like, well, why isn't that, why doesn't that exist? And, and then uh, one of my friends who's a venture banker who did some work in Silicon Valley came back and he said, you know what, in Silicon Valley, there's all these fractional CFO firms. Why don't you do, you know, you should really, there's nothing like that in Colorado really. And, um, that was kind of the spark that kind of, uh, lit it and the, what it started off as and what it is now has changed a lot. But, uh, that was kind of the, that was kind of the impetus and, uh, you know, started with three or four clients and now kind of working with about 150 companies all around the country. And, uh, the needs becoming more and more prevalent, you know, and, and more, more well understood by entrepreneurs every day. So we're having, we're having a blast. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing. And, and certainly congrats on the success. So, you know, uh, this, this, this show, we try to talk about how um, data and, and various insights uh, play out in the business world and, and how individuals use data to make better decisions. 
And I know that you are a, a big uh, proponent of the uh, traction model and, and certainly a lot of what you're doing from a CFO perspective is based around numbers and data and, and kind of providing guidance to your clients. So, so how, would you, how would you describe data as, as playing a role in your kind of day-to-day work with clients? Yeah. So on the client side, for sure. I mean, it's like, we've only, it's kind of funny because we can always talk about the AVL side and then we can talk also about the client side. Right. And so when I talk about it from the client side, in terms of what we do, I think the real, the two things that we tend to focus in on, that's a huge value provider for our clients is, as one is we talk about, um, intersecting a lot of the financial data with the operational data. And I think there's a lot of companies in a sense, either don't have those things they're missing one piece or another, or they don't combine them in a way that's really works for the business. And so it's kind of like, if you, you know, your, uh, you know, something around marketing data or marketing, um, you know, impressions or conversion or some other, let's just call it other marketing kind of related uh, data, but, and you have some financial data and we have so many companies that kind of never really connect that says, here's our marketing output per dollar spent. And I know it sounds very pedantic on this kind of, in this kind of example, but it's, it's, it's certainly, um, the area where we end up kind of bringing a lot of, um, of, of value to and kind of making that a little bit more systemic and, and structured in the organization. So I think, you know, the, the, just pulling and getting data from disparate areas into one place, and then you can start to kind of, you know, we start to help companies kind of like take off these vanity metrics in a sense and really drive a little bit more of like what's really the core here, you know, what's really um, yeah. either the, what's driving the business or what's the thing that we really need to prove out, um, from a perspective of, of, you know, scaling the business or investment capital or whatnot. I think the second one we deal with, um, a lot is what I call cadence. And so, you know, cadence to me is what's the frequency of the data? Like how, do, how can we get that in a more timely basis or, or, you know, or quick, more quickly. And so how do we, um, you know, when you talk, I was just talking about this the other day, when you talk about pipeline, you know, like a sales pipeline, this is an, an analogy of sorts, but it's like you talk about a pipeline is made up of the quantity, what's in there, the quality, and then the velocity, right? And so velocity is a big piece because you can have a lot of stuff in there that just doesn't move or that doesn't have any, you know, action towards it or, or doesn't get through the, to a sale, much like you know data, it's like okay, we have all this data, but the the how fast it's getting through the system, and it, if it doesn't really work with the speed of the business or the cadence of the business, um, that that's also not you know great. And so um, I'm, I'm just trying I'm trying to think of examples of that, but it's something like how can we move, help a company move from a monthly number or a monthly set of data to a weekly set of data, you know, that helps them sure. you know, drive their scorecard a little bit better. So those are the two things that I think thematically we work on a lot with our clients. I think that's, that's great. And uh, so I guess piggybacking on what you said there, what, what, where are the areas that you think um, clients are maybe missing the mark or, or, or you find that they have the, the biggest 
challenge understanding the value of embracing this this type of uh, analytics mindset. You know, I think so many times uh, individuals that maybe aren't in this in the industry think of CFOs as well. That's the numbers guy. That you know, that's the or or gal that's uh, you know closing the books and whatnot. But to your point, there's so much that you're touching in terms of sales, in terms of marketing, and so. What, what, where do you where do you find that clients are maybe the most uh, hesitant to start embracing this analytics mindset and and there's the most work for you guys to do? Well, I think the hesitation I think comes from you know I don't know what you know the the, the, the thesis of like I don't know what it is yet I don't know what we should be measuring so it's a, a little bit of paralysis and I think the other one is like, in a sense, like, I, I, is it is it time to start putting up, you know, I don't necessarily, it's a chicken and egg in a sense of like, if I put a bunch of infrastructure and these are the things I want to measure, but what if they end up being the wrong things and we shouldn't have been measuring them all along? And so I think it's a little bit of that right. chicken and egg challenge that they try to face, um, that we, we try to kind of, uh, you know, in a sense, we try to hack that a little bit for them and say, you know, Yes, there's probably a there's probably a, a data platform later on that is really going to um, be the right answer for you a year from now uh, or two years from now. And so, how do we step into that um, in a meaningful way? And so, it's just kind of getting them off the uh, off the dime in a sense, and sure. <laughs> sort of like just do stuff. And I, I would say even you know internally at AVL, I mean we've we've uh, added data elements to our analysis, um, you know, and we've, we've, uh, changed some stuff out, you know, things that I looked at two years ago, I don't look at anymore. Cause I'm like, that's just, it's not really, that wasn't really the driver, you know, that wasn't really the key thing. And we start to evolve. So we just, it's, I think it's, you know, with EOS too, it's a nice opportunity to say, uh, every once in a while in an EOS environment, whether it's, let's, let's just call it quarterly is typical, but you take a step back and you say, is the scorecard really the right scorecard? You know, for example, are we really, is it really helping us? Is this really predictive? Is it really, you know, measuring the right activity that we want to measure? And, um, and, 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 and you tweak, and I think that's just not that, and that's what you got to build the muscle around. Sure. And for our listeners that might not be familiar with traction or EOS, uh, maybe just give us a little bit of background on kind of how you came to that uh, to that system and, and what it really is about. So I think EOS is, you know, mostly in some ways it's it's built a little bit similar to you know Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and so you know when you look at that, it says. You know, what do I want to be when I grow up? What does that look like? What does that smell like? And then how do you uh, work your way back to, well, if I want to be a, you know, if I want to be, you know, have, you know, a billion dollars in the bank, what do I need to do all the way back to today to start making that happen, right? And um, and I think what, tra- what Traction does or EOS does, Traction is the book and EOS is the system, but what EOS does, it says from an organizational perspective, you know, what are our values and what are, what's our guiding compass? And then, you know, 10 years from now, what does it look like? Three years, one year, 90 days, and then what do I need to do this week? So it basically takes what 
Covey does in a way, but it says for does it much more from an organizational perspective and says, how is everyone paddling in the same direction? So it creates alignment and it creates for the for the people of the organization and it creates um, alignment to the long term goal to make sure you're kind of focusing on the things you should be focusing on because as we all know, there's lots and lots of distractions in business. And so it just kind of keeps, keeps your, you know, your nose pointed North as, as best sure. as it can. And everyone else's nose is pointing North. And I think that's kind of, um, that's kind of the magic of what it brings. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good way. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it brings a vernacular or a language around that mm-hmm. for an organization. So it's not, Again, it's not rocket science, but it's a, it, it helps organizations and their teams talk in the same way. So that's what it does. Excellent. And uh, before we, we wrap up here with our the, the last question that we that we always ask, um, maybe just give you a little bit of a forum to to, to plug AVL. You know what makes you guys uh, unique? Obviously, I, I I know you personally. I know how passionate you are about what you do, and and I know you have. Uh, a lot of happy clients, but, but maybe, um, from your own, own perspective, what, what is unique about what you guys do and makes you guys different? Yeah. I mean, I think we've, you know, we've just, I mean, first of all, we have an awesome team and we take a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, put a lot of resources and efforts in putting our, you know, a great team together. So it doesn't, you know, that I don't want to overlook that at all. Um, I think, Secondly, you know, what we try to position ourselves on is saying uh, and, tr- and truly try to drive throughout our organization and, 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 and reflected in our name as growth partners is it's not about uh, what we're not about is just doing accounting or handing financial reports to you or making sure the books are closed. What we're really trying to do is say, you know, should I go left or right? Um, you know, and being there for decision support and strategic guidance and um, evaluating things and being much more of a growth partner and saying, what's the right growth opportunity? What's the partnering? So we kind of call ourselves operators. Um, We don't have a, you know, a cookie cutter approach to these clients, despite having lots of clients, there is, there is, each one has kind of unique aspects and we kind of embrace that uniqueness of each client and, and try to get in the operational level to say, how do we, how do we help this? How do we help you run your company? How do we teach you more about why your company's performing the way it's doing? Um, we've had a client recently says, I, I don't really know how I'm making money. I don't really know how we're making money. We are, but I don't really get it. And so how do we, how do we, take it at that level to really explain the business to them in a unique way with the numbers and help them win by understanding their own numbers better and their own operations better. And again, that gets down to a lot of really good data and a lot of really good analytics around that data. And we help them kind of mine that and and understand, help them understand what's important in those numbers because there's lots of them and we now help navigate that for them. So I think that's kind of, what makes us unique and, and, uh, and how we go to market. That's great. So. That's great. And, and the last question that we, that we always close the show with is, you know, what are, what are three books? What are three articles, uh, podcasts that have, uh, influenced the way that you, uh, see the world, the way that you use analytics in business, the way that you've come, come to your kind of this point today in, in your, in your business career. 
Yeah, I think it's this, you know, obviously traction has, has been an interesting one for me. And it's like, I don't even, I don't even need to plug that any more than I've already had. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly like evolving, you know, revolving a lot around that for our organization. Um, you know, I think there's so much, I remember asking uh, an alumni of my, uh, my business school that I went to, which she said, you know, my first the first three years out of school, you know, the best, most valuable things were financed. You know, the next three years was marketing and then everything after that, it's all people. So I think, you know, some of the things that I think are the most important for me are, um, there's a book like, uh, what got you here won't get you there. And I think when, you know, that's a changing, um, changing how you look at your own business and how you operate as a leader. Uh, and I think that's a very important one as businesses move from like this in their initial stages, their toddler years to their teenage years. And the, 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 the formula can sometimes change dramatically. And I think that's, you know, it, it's true for AVL and it's true for a lot of our clients. So I think that's a, that's another one on the, on the podcast side. Um, Gosh, I don't know. You know, I, I do a lot of Tim Ferriss, but I think the one I, I'm kind of into right now is uh, I, I listen to there's a it's another Denver company called Be- Bigger Pockets, and I love like the 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 it's all about like real estate investing, which I'm kind of fascinated about because a I don't know a lot about it, but uh, it's um, there's some pretty interesting entrepreneurs that have really developed some pretty amazing cash flowing businesses as a result of being real estate investors and bigger pockets talks about that constantly. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool podcast. And I know they, I know the founder that started that company and he's a great guy. And, uh, and, uh, and so they're, they're, uh, they're doing some good stuff over there. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll, we'll link to all three of those in the show notes. Uh, Chris Schwalbach, AVL growth partners. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it.